Good morning, City Church. It is Thursday morning of Holy Week, and we are back in John 19. This is City Church Together, where we're going to focus on some scripture and uh, think about it through uh, the lens of these times that we're in as we approach Easter and also in the middle of this um, pandemic. So here we go, John chapter 19. I'll just uh, do a little overlap from yesterday. Um, We'll start right at the first of John 19 and go through verse 16. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. The soldiers also twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and clothed him in a purple robe. And they kept coming up to him and saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and were slapping his face. Pilate went outside again and said to them, Look, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know I find no grounds for charging him. Then Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priest and the temple servants saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! And Pilate responded, Take him and crucify him yourselves, since I find no grounds for charging him. We have a law, the Jews replied to him, and according to that law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was more afraid than ever. He went back into the headquarters and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus did not give him an answer. So Pilate said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Don't you know that I have the authority to release you and the authority to crucify you? You would have no authority over me at all, Jesus answered him, if I hadn't been given you from above, if it hadn't been given you from above. This is why the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. And from that moment, Pilate kept trying to release him. But the, but the Jews shouted, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Anyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside. He sat down on the judge's seat in a place called the Stone Pavement, but in Aramaic, Gabbatha. It was the preparation day for the Passover, and it was about noon. Then he told the Jews, Here is your king! And they shouted, Take him away! Take him away! Crucify him! And Pilate said to them, Should I crucify your king? We have no king but Caesar! The chief priest answered, And then he handed him over to be crucified. And that is the word of the Lord from John chapter 19. Now, yesterday we talked about, um, as we were still, uh, or yesterday we were talking about Pilate in the passage from John chapter 18. And this is more text about Pilate and uh, the Jews who want Jesus crucified and Jesus and that, that conversation that is happening. And yesterday we said that there are, uh, there's this power struggle that seems to be happening um, between uh, Caesar, I'm sorry, between Pilate and uh, the Pharisees and, and those who are uh, coming against Jesus. Um, and then you have this strange, non-anxious presence in Jesus who doesn't, is the only one in the scene who doesn't seem to be clamoring, um, sort of making a power play to try to get power over someone. It's interesting here, you may have noticed um, all of the talk about Jesus as a king. And so many times in the scripture, there, uh, the reference to Jesus being king is sarcasm. 
It is, here's your king. Hail, king of the Jews. It's making fun of Jesus. It's putting a crown on uh, a crown of thorns on his head. But in all of this sarcasm, you actually find the truth. In the very thing that the Jews and that Pilate are making fun of Jesus, that is actually where the truth lies. He is a king. He did come to bring a kingdom. Yes, behold, this is the man, the God-man. He did not only make himself out to be the son of God, he is the son of God. Additionally, all of the things, all of the charges that are brought against Jesus, if you listen to them, are actually the charges that should have been brought against humanity. Uh, Look in 19... Verse 7, it says, the Jews said, we have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. Do you hear that? Jesus ought to die because he made himself to be God. That is exactly what our sin is. We made ourselves to be God. And God has a law that says we must die if we make ourselves out to be God. And so there's this strange backwards thing happening where all of the sarcasm being used by the people who are in power here, appealing to Caesar, appealing to Pilate, Pilate wanting to appeal to Caesar, Pilate not wanting to lose control. He doesn't want to look bad because he doesn't want to lose his promotion with Caesar, right? He doesn't want to be demoted. All of these people who keep appealing to power, they use cynicism and sarcasm, and in that sarcasm, they actually speak the truth. And Jesus, the charges brought against Jesus, though they are not true of him, are actually true about us. Of course, we know Jesus is stepping into our place. And Jesus talks about his kingdom being not of this world. Jesus has already spoken to Pilate about a kingdom that he doesn't understand. And so he does again here. He tells in verse 11, he tells Pilate, you would have no authority over me at all. In other words, it is not Caesar who gives you authority over me. It is God who for a set time, for a set purpose has given you over to me. And that frustrates Pilate. It sends Pilate into this kind of rage Who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing? Sort of questioning Jesus. But let's stop right there for just a minute. And I want to offer this as a thought to you. Right now, it seems as if things are out of control. As if a small virus has come in and has completely turned many of our worlds upside down. And the global economy is all over the place. Um, borders are closing. Um, things, when we think about the church, are happening that seem uh, to not be good for the church, not be good for the kingdom of God. But remember, this is an upside-down kingdom. We have to look at things differently. And something that I noticed this week, could it be that in you know uh, America uh, is a place where we value our individualism? Um, houses, uh, we all go into our houses and close our garages. We, uh, we intentionally sort of isolate from each other in our neighborhoods often. And now there are more people outside than have ever been. 
Now there are people who are stuck in their homes, unable to go places, unable to watch sports, who are actually longing to be with people, maybe for the first time in a long time. Is the way this upside down kingdom is working, the way this sort of backwards power structure where things where, where God uses things against himself, uses sin against himself. Is this God using sort of digitized church to push us back into embodied church? You know, we're forced to do church by Zoom meeting. Maybe it's kind of like a kid who gets caught smoking a cigarette, and then the next day the parents say, oh, you want to smoke? Try smoking this whole pack of cigarettes. And then the kid is just so disgusted by it. He never smokes another cigarette. Maybe God is doing that with church on screens. Oh, you want to make church into an entertainment venue where you watch the pastor on the screen and you just kind of consume music? Oh, I'll I'll give you where you can only get it on a screen and you will so crave for the real thing that you will never want to go back there. I don't know. I don't know exactly what God is doing, but I do know there are some strange things happening right now in the way that we all feel this desire to not be just the church in an entertainment venue gathered on a Sunday, but we know we can be the church in our homes. Community group leaders, many of you have taken on the role of pastor like you have never taken on before. Is this God's way of multiplying the church in a way that we haven't seen? I don't know, but I do know the king we serve runs an upside down kingdom where death leads to life, where sacrifice leads to flourishing, and where the darkness yields to the light. We are not Pilate. We are not these Jewish leaders who just look at things as they are seen. There's a top-down power structure, and as long as we can do Uh, As long as we can operate in this top-down power structure, then we will have our way. No, we operate according to the kingdom of God because Jesus is our king, the king who calmly, quietly went to a cross and died, and then on Easter, resurrected to bring us into that upside-down kingdom. New life is on the way. It's on the way for the church. It's on the way for you and me. I believe it's on the way for the world. So let's embrace this moment of the upside down kingdom and let's follow Jesus through it. Let's be silent now before we pray. Our Father, we don't always understand the way that you operate, but we do understand that you operate in a way that sometimes just cannot be seen or perceived. We know that you are above our cultures. You are above our governments. You are above the way we think things should be done. And so here we sit, governments who can't do a thing about a virus invading their land. Pilate, Caesar, uh, they are befuddled about this. And yet, quietly, calmly, with your church, you are doing something. Will you please bring revival to our church? Will you please bring revival to this land? We know not your ways. They are unsearchable. They are higher than us. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. 
we trust in your wisdom in this time. We trust in your upside down kingdom and we declare Jesus to be our king. And yes, we will follow him to a cross because we know that we also will follow him to a crown. We are buried with him in baptism and we are raised with him in newness of life. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.